Welcome to the Camera Therapy Podcast. I'm Damien. And I'm Aline. And today we are talking about lenses, particularly zoom lenses versus prime lenses, and what lenses you should choose. Spoiler alert, it really depends on what you're shooting and what your situation is, and we'll get into that. Okay, so for anyone that's new to the game, you're probably wondering, what is the difference? If you don't know the difference between zooms and primes, I'll explain it quickly. So a zoom lens is just essentially a lens, a focal length where it's like 24 to 70 or 24 to 105. So essentially, it's a lens where you can zoom the the barrel and you can go further out or you could be closer, essentially. So... Yeah, so that's pretty much a zoom lens. Essentially, you just you can zoom in and out. I'm pretty sure you you guys would do something like that on your cell phone where you can just zoom in and out. And then a prime lens is just a lens where you're at one focal length. So you would buy a lens where if it's 24 millimeters, then you know you can't zoom in and out. There's no zoom. You're just at 24 millimeters. Um, now you're probably wondering why would I want to get a prime? The reason why where primes and zooms differ is that primes have um, a constant aperture and it's usually a low number so the lower the number the more light you can let in essentially so most primes are like 1.2 1.4 or 1.8 whereas if you have a zoom lens the the lowest you'll usually get with a zoom lens is going to be about 2.8 or some are like 2.0 but yeah and those are super um, expensive zooms yeah and then like 2.8 and then usually 4.0 and those are high-end zoom lenses some lenses have variable apertures which means the aperture changes as you zoom in which is terrible you know I, how I long it terrible. took me to figure that out when i was just starting i was like why is my image getting darker <laughs> i feel <laughs> like that took me like at least a month to be like uh this is weird i don't like it what's going on the only, you know what's funny? The only, and this goes back to an episode we had early, before. I think the only zoom lens um, that was a kit lens that I actually enjoyed using was uh, Fuji's. Fuji's kit lens. Yeah. I love that lens. You can yeah. get like F4 constant and be fine with it. Yeah. Because that lens is at its widest, it's a 2.8. And then as you zoom in all the way, then it's a 4.0. Yeah. And 4.0 is still great like you can still use that to get totally um the way i love to use is like i set it at f4 and it's like good all the way i'll just keep it at f4 whether i'm 18 or 55 and i never have to see that image darkening issue that's smart i didn't even think of that yeah so in a way i have an 18 to 55 f4 and it's a kit lens nice because a lot of kit lenses go to 5.6 which is an extra stop of light after f4 and you're just a bit darker and that sucks but fuji's like the only 18 to 55 i know that's an f4 yeah so fuji guys if you guys are looking for a nice film camera um my girlfriend actually has the xt30 which is a nice starter camera that you can get from the fuji line that i I would highly recommend i've actually used it i've actually filmed something with it and i really enjoyed it the only thing about that camera that I was not crazy about is that the 4K, once you're in 4K, it does overheat. Yeah, and your smaller ones are pretty bad for that. Yeah, so if you're going to buy that camera, I wouldn't buy it for like 4K, but it's still a great camera to do video in 1080p, So, and 1080p is fine, honestly. So 
what we'll do is we'll kind of break down uh, when you would use a pro when you would want to get prime lenses and when you when you would want to lean more towards having maybe both or strictly zoom lenses. Just so everyone's listening knows, you mainly deal with events. You do other things, but events is the main things you do. So that's where you're going to be coming from when you tackle the prime versus zoom discussion. And whereas my use case, I do a lot of one-off work. It's not really grouped together. Sometimes I'll do a music video. Other times I'll do a short film or it'll just be a client project. So it's kind of varied. But what I don't do is events. So you'll get a very different opinion from both of us. Yeah. So the first point I got right here is kind of a good transition. Establish what you were shooting. So depending on your situation, the best example I could give you guys right off the bat if you're the type of person where you're shooting live events or things where you don't like there's no redos, there's no, you know, you may or may not be able to do a retake, then having a good zoom lens um, is definitely something you just want in your kit. I love shooting with primes. Um, you get a very nice look with primes, but you should always have a zoom lens if you're going to be shooting events just because it's very unpredictable. Um and for me, I shoot weddings, so having um, a zoom lens in my kit is definitely essential. So honestly, I think if you're starting out and you know you want to do film or some form of film, I would start, ideally, I would say start on a prime. And the reason why I would say that is because shooting with a prime will definitely make you a way more intentional um, filmmaker. Just because with a zoom lens... You zoom in, you zoom out, and you kind of make the environment work for you as um, if you have a prime, then you kind of have to adjust to the environment. So with zoom lenses, you kind of, you can zoom in, zoom out, and you don't have to move as much. And with primes, if you want a certain shot, whether you want to be closer or further away, you kind of have to adjust your body to the situation, which honestly... If I really look back at when I was starting out, shooting on a prime lens um, definitely made me a more intentional videographer, filmmaker, and um, it forced me to be creative and understand like what I was trying to accomplish. And which which lens did you start on? So I actually started on the Nifty Fifty. So I started out with just like a normal kit lens. And then I had a 50 mil, I got like that cheap, cheap uh, Canon 50 millimeter 1.8, which honestly, if you guys are on Canon, that is probably the best prime that you can start with. It's decently priced. I think it's, it's under $200 depending on where you are. I'm in Canada, so it's just under $200 for us. And I'm pretty sure it's less if you're in the States. It's a great lens to start. It lets in a lot of light and it's really sharp. Um, and it's a lens that you can pretty much hold on to for a while. And uh, because when you start talking about other prime lenses, like an F 1.4 or 1.2, you're going to start looking at like 500 bucks or up to $1,000 just for a prime lens. So I actually have been thinking about lately about switching my camera. And when I was trying to think about lenses, um, I decided that I'm probably going to stick with the setup I have right now. So Guys, I have about six lenses sitting in my camera bag. I only use two of them religiously. And the reason being is when I bought my lenses, I got a 
discount on them just because we used to work at a camera store. So I bought like all these lenses and then I started realizing that, yeah, you you don't need all of that glass. I would say add lenses to your kit as you go. As you figure yourself out as a filmmaker, start adding. But get really good with one lens before you just start adding more and more lenses. That's actually um, really good advice. Didn't even think of that. Yeah, every lens kind of reacts to the environment differently. Even if you're dealing with different focal lengths, like if you take a 24 millimeter lens, uh, prime lens, and then you take a 100 millimeter prime lens, like a macro, I guess, um, and you put it in front of someone's face, the image is going to look drastically different. Like it will react to someone's face very differently if you take those two lenses. Um and it's not something I can really explain in words over a podcast. But if you guys search up focal lengths, like portrait, like if you search up different focal lengths on someone's face, you guys will see what I'm talking about. I think um, what we should do is put it up on our Instagram as an example when we put this episode out. Really good idea, actually. Yes, I like that idea. Yeah, so different lenses react differently to to the human face so i would say like try to figure out like what your shooting style is and what like what type of stuff you're actually gonna be uh filming before you decide to go and take on like buying lenses because lenses are not cheap lenses easily you can spend like 500 or you could spend a thousand or you could spend three thousand dollars on a lens it can get really crazy really quickly we haven't even gotten to cine lenses yet I know, and we, oh my gosh, I'm going to let Aline tackle that when we get there, but we'll do that last. Yeah, that's a that's a very niche topic, I would imagine, for yeah. our audience. I don't want to discourage you it's guys. Just like, it's just like something fun to know. Yeah, it's like a down payment on a house. Basically. Yeah. So, for me, to answer, sorry, to answer the question you originally asked me. So, for me, I film weddings mostly, and then I also film other events as well. So... The setup that I have that has been tried, tested, and works for me is I've always um, had a focal length of 50 millimeter. I'm not a big fan of 24 millimeters. It just doesn't really make sense for what I do. A lot of people will tell you a lot of different setups. So I know some wedding videographers that just shoot primes. So they'll shoot a 35 millimeter or a 50 millimeter prime. And then they might do an 85 millimeter prime mostly when it comes to videographers most videographers i see at a wedding they'll have a 24 to 72.8 now the reason a 24 to 72.8 is not cheap that can easily be a two thousand dollar lens depending on what brand we're talking about here uh sigma has a very sharp 24 to 70 canon has a very nice 24 to 70 Tamron also has a 28 to, what is it, 28 to, do you know which one I'm talking about? It's a, it sounds familiar. I can't remember yeah. the full focal range, I can't remember but the it's full around focal that. Length. It might be like 28 to 80, but essentially it's like the same. Um, but Tamron has a decently priced 24 to 70 lens, and it's very sharp. It's a very nice lens. A lot of people who shoot Sony, uh, they will usually get this lens um or canon so the tamron 20 i think it's 28 to 80 is a good option if you're looking if you want to get a third party and then i absolutely love the sigma art line sigma arts uh zoom lenses are not weather sealed but they are 
a great piece of glass. Yeah, and just more bang for your buck, um, they're a solid piece of glass that I would invest in. So honestly speaking, if I had to set you up real good, or if I had to set you up, you're starting out, you don't have a lot of money, then I would go with the Sigma 18 to 35. Um, that essentially is a lens where it's a very rare lens in the sense that not many other lenses do what it does. So it's an 18 to 35. Now you're probably thinking that's not a very big zoom focal length, but that's the point. So this lens essentially is not a huge, it does not have a huge zoom focal length. It has a very small zoom focal length. And within that focal length of, of 18 to 35, you end up getting three primes built into one lens. Now you're probably thinking, okay, but what's the catch? The catch is that the mount of the lens is for APS-C sensor cameras, APS-C sensored cameras. So it's not a full frame lens. You can adapt it to a full frame camera, but it, you might get vignetting. So vignetting is kind of like, you get like, essentially the lens is too small for the sensor, for a yeah, full frame sensor. you get sensors. like those black edges. Exactly. So. To be completely honest with you, I still get a little vignetting on my camera, but um, I absolutely love that lens. Even when I'm talking about getting a new camera, I want to bring that cam that lens with me. It's a super sharp lens. It just, the images that I get out of it, I just love right out of camera. Um, people always tell you invest in your glass, and this is definitely a lens. It's under a thousand bucks for this lens. And honestly, for what it is, guys, you're getting like three primes built into one. You're not going to find another lens on the market that's going to do that. And for anyone who's going to sit there and tell me about the Leica Panasonic one, um, look at the price of that and then hit me back up about that. It's not a cheap lens. And I still would recommend the Sigma 18 to 35. It's a beautiful, oh, and the, the focal length on this lens is a constant aperture of 1.8. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and then if you're using this lens paired with a speed booster, then that 1.8 becomes a 1.2. So I just nerded out on you there. But yeah, if you guys want my honest opinion, if you're doing events and you want to shoot primes, I would go with the Sigma 18 to 35. If you don't want to do the Sigma the 18 to 35 and you still want to do primes, then I would recommend a solid 50 millimeter lens. So if you're walking around doing interviews or just doing random shots and you need something that's kind of you know that's going to be an all-around good prime lens then i would go with a nice 50 millimeter lens so the 50 millimeter lens i mentioned earlier the canon one that 1.8 uh that's a lens that's under 200 dollars and it's a great starting point if you're trying to get into primes um you can probably find that lens used on like kijiji or um, any, any app like that and somebody will be selling it and you can get a good deal on it. When I bought mine, I think I paid like 80 bucks for it and it was one of the best investments I made and it was a game changer lens to be honest with you. So it's a great lens if you're trying to do portraits. It's a great lens. Um, if you're, if you're doing film, essentially 50 millimeter is what the human eye sees. So if you, even if you want to do, I'm kind of dipping into a lean section here, but even if you want to do film, it's definitely a great option. Yeah. It's um, the most natural gonna... looking one, isn't it? Yeah. So that's primes. If you're going to do events, that's what I'd recommend for primes. I'm keeping it really simple. I'm not, I could tell you guys like 
50 different lenses I could recommend, but the two lenses I personally recommend is a Canon Sigma uh, 50 millimeter lens or the Sigma 18 to 35. Those are the two lenses I personally recommend. Now, as far as zoom lenses are concerned, the zoom lenses I would recommend would be the, actually I already named off the 24. So 24 to 70 Sigma uh, 2.8, 24 to 70 Canon 2.8, or the Tamron 28 to 80, I think it is. Can't remember what the focal length on, is on that one, but those are the three zoom lenses I would recommend. Another bonus one I'd recommend is a 24 to 105, whether it's Canon or Sigma. Um, 24 to 105, I know a lot of people are kind of, they will always debate about, should I get a 24 to 70 with 2.8 or 24 to 105 with F4? Now, you got to ask yourself the question, like essentially there's a trade-off. One lens is has a better focal length and then the other lens has a better capability in low light. So if you want my personal opinion, I would take that extra zoom over that extra low light. If you know what you're doing, if you plan, have an idea of how you're going to light your shots, that kind of thing, and you're aware of lighting and exposure, you'll be fine with the 24 to 105. I shoot all my weddings with a lens that's a 24 to 105 f4 and honestly it's great when i don't want to be intrusive and i kind of just want to fade in the background but i still want tight shots especially if you're dealing with an, some photographers who um, are trying to take pictures as well you having that extra focal length make sure that you're not getting in their way and you're not being too intrusive uh, with a couple if you're going to be doing weddings and then also events if you can't stand in certain places because that will happen a lot um, this will be sure that you have that little bit of extra focal length so that you can get a tighter shot yeah that's, that's and, really good advice there yeah so those those are pretty much the zoom lenses i would recommend another thing an another lens i'd recommend if, if you're going to be doing events as well is a 70 to 200 so 70 to 200 is essentially if you're if you're just going to be really far away um that that's a great lens you can get a 70 to 200 at f4 or 70 to 200 at 2.8 if you can afford to do 2.8 then i would do the 2.8 but if you have a, a camera body that's decent um in low light like the a7s3 or the a7 III, um I would do your own research depending on what camera you're getting. Just do some research on that just to see how your camera is in low light. If your camera's body is decent in low light, then I would definitely I would go for the 24 to 105 to be honest with you. Uh, if when you're doing weddings, when would you personally use the 70 to 200? So if I was doing a wedding, I would use the 70 to 200 at the ceremony. So if I was going to set up a camera off to the side and I was getting a shot of the bride from the right side of the room uh, while she reads her vows looking at her at the groom then I would use that 70 to 200 from that side and the reason why I said 2.8 guys is because if you use the 70 to 200 and it's positioned on the right side of the room and you're facing the bride where she's she's essentially standing north and your camera setup you're standing east so you're pretty much your camera is directed to her uh, where she's standing at the north. 
Um, and the, essentially the groom's back would be towards you and they're standing in front of each other. So the, the 2.8 is good because what will happen is because of where you'd be standing, you're going to get her in focus and then the background is going to be kind of blurred. So it's going to look really nice. It's going to look kind of cinematic. I don't like using that word sometimes, but that that's the best way I can explain it to you. You get that nice bokeh, that... Yeah, you a get a nice separation. Exactly. You'll get that separation from her in the background. Um, and then, yeah, to, because you said that, I, I'll kind of run down when I would use the, the other lenses. So me personally, when I'm shoot, filming weddings, I actually start my morning off with the 18 to 35. So when I'm doing like get ready shots, detail shots of the ring, detail shots of the dress the like every little detail you could think of on the wedding day um i always use the 18 to 35 the reason why i personally i use an 18 to 35 in the morning and um honestly if anyone who competes with me is listening this is this is this is literally the psychology of why i use the 18 to 35 in the morning is because i'm all about primes in the morning primes you get uh like that blurred background look that bocalicious look it's less revealing, it's more mysterious, and it keeps you guessing. And for me, I like to kind of pace my wedding films through music. I like to pace them through how I utilize lenses. So for me, I like using primes in the morning because they give less away, right? Everything's very close up. Everything's very intimate. I'm giving, I'm showing you a little bit of the dress, a little bit of the rings, a little bit of things here and there but i'm not giving everything away when you have a zoom lens with the focal length that's like 24 to 105 um you're not going to see no wide super wide shots for me in a wedding film um one wedding filmmaker i think you guys should really check out if you're interested is philip white um he's from the uk and he shoots his entire wedding on one prime lens that's crazy and yeah it's crazy um but he's very skilled at what he does and he uses primes because it gives it gives you like a sense of mystery and it makes you he does that to make you feel like you're there. So when you're thinking about what lens should I take, uh, what lens should I get? Think about that, too. How do you want people to feel if you understand each focal length and how they react to the environment? Then that can kind of tell you, too, like what type of lens you want to go for. So for me, I use the 18 to 35. It's like three primes built into one. And I just like the, the mystery it gives. The the blurred background look I can get with it is really beautiful in the morning. And when I want to get little small details, um, it really creates some anticipation as the video progresses. As soon as I get to the ceremony, honestly, man, I don't take no chances. You never know what you're going to deal with at a ceremony. You're going to deal with Uncle Bob's with their home video cameras and people with iPhones, iPads, all that. It's the most annoying thing and if you're on a prime you might miss that shot you might miss the bride walking up the aisle you might miss a lot of things so the first kiss you know what i mean um but if you have a prime lens and you know something's gonna go down you gotta think quick sometimes you can just zoom in real quick and crop someone out or you could zoom out real quick and you you'll be okay another thing to note um is that prime lenses do not have image stabilization on them so where some zoom lenses do have image stabilization which that's why for the more risky parts of the wedding day i'm always shooting on the zoom lens just because 
I can't predict what other people are going to do. And when it comes down to it, guys, I care more about my clients than I do my camera gear or that I had to get this shot. It's, I mean, if you're in a, if you're doing weddings or you're, you know, the bulk of how you're going to be utilizing your camera and lenses is going to be in a service-based environment, such as a wedding um, or a birthday or something like that, then I would focus more on the client rather than, you know, you feeling like you need to get you know, a certain shot because honestly, when it comes to weddings, you want to be there to serve the couple. Um, whereas if you're on a shoot where you're doing a music video or something like that, you have more control of the environment, but at a wedding, you kind of just roll with the punches. So that's why at the ceremony, I use, I strictly use a zoom. And then when I get to the reception, for the most part, I'm on a zoom. So just for fun, I wanted to ask you, when you do dance coverage, do you just kind of go all out experimental or do you still have like your regimented lens choice? Honestly, okay, so when dancing happens, that's the one time where I can afford to be experimenting. So I will use a prime there. Um, you get a different vibe when you're in the crowd and you use a prime. It feels like it kind of puts you in the perspective of being at that party. So that's actually a time when I will use a prime lens. And then I also use a prime lens during the photo session. So when when you take the couple out later in the day and, you know, you have them all intimate and all that kind of stuff, I will use a prime at that point as well, just because I have time to experiment and move them around how I want to move them. And the amount of detail that you will get with a prime, um, you're just not going to get that same look on a zoom lens. Um, it's an entirely different vibe when you're using a prime. It has even a more filmic look, to be honest with you. If I could dumb it down for you as much as possible, um, if you want that look and you want that detail, that sharpness and that bokeh, that blurred background look, you want to use a prime for stuff like that. And that's the stuff and, clients love. Yes, and that is the stuff that clients love. And the prime will interact better with the human face. Like at that focal length of... 18 to 35 um you're you're gonna get um the focal length that focal length is great if you're trying to get uh like faces and stuff like that human body parts that kind of thing so that's pretty much in a nutshell my setup and how i kind of navigate a wedding day i'll keep it short like that guys if you have any if you want more detailed answers you guys can always message us at the camera therapy podcast on instagram and i can i can answer that for you but i'll just keep it short uh just for the sake of time and yeah the same so all of a with wedding, that so let me talk about my situation um i feel like this if you're not already someone who knows what they're doing in the case of damien he knows he's shooting events for the most part and you can kind of go in with a regimented process and know your setup and plan for it. But if you're like me who shoots a mix of things and you're still trying to figure out what you want to shoot, uh, you might want to go with a different approach. And for me, if you're going to shoot music videos, short films, you want to avoid specialty lenses. And those are things like your super wide angles. You don't want to use that because you can't use that for everything. You want to get something that's as versatile as possible to cover as many projects. So if you're going to get one lens, 
My personal recommendation would be the 35 millimeter. I know that the 50 mil is something that's very close, but the reason I'm avoiding the 50 mil is because most people, if they're shooting a variety of projects, and most people, if they're just getting into filmmaking, their first purchase is probably not a full frame, full frame camera. Their purchase is probably a crop censored APS-C camera. And for that field of view that a crop sensor provides, I think a 50 mil just feels a little too tight for me in most situations. So I would say that 35 is a great compromise. You're still not getting that wide angle look. You're still in that healthy range. And if you want to get in closer, you wouldn't be able to do this when I started, but if you want to get in closer now and you like to export your stuff in 1080 the way I do, shoot your stuff in 4K, use a 35 mil, set the camera back a bit. You've got your nice, not wide, but I'd say it's like a medium wide shot. And if you really need to, you can still crop in and get yourself a tighter shot that'll give you that 50 millimeter look. And this way you kind of get two lenses in one, um, but you're still not getting something that's either ultra wide or really zoomed in or a macro lens. And you can make do most projects this way. If you're getting your camera, definitely get the kit lens with it. Don't go for the body only and then get a prime. The kit lens is a great addition regardless of what kit lens you're getting because it will give you that wider field of view that you need in some cases. Get the kit lens. I don't care what camera body you're going for. If this is your first purchase and you're just starting, buy the kit lens and buy yourself a 35mm that you can afford and that will have you set up for a wide range of projects. You can shoot your short films, your music videos, your interviews, whatever you want. I guarantee you that you will not regret that purchase. If you really don't want to do research, that's your magic pill answer, if you will. When it comes to, I guess, when you're doing film, or for anyone who's listening that does YouTube, what's what are some, um, I guess, when it comes to primes, which brand... Um, and focal length, would you recommend? Would it be the 35? Yeah, it would be the 35 mil. Um, it, again, depends on your space. If you're living in a micro studio in Toronto, um, maybe you can't position yourself in a 35 mil properly and you're going to want to get the 24 or something wider. But my personal favorite would still be the 35 if you're doing YouTube videos or anything else. I think I to me, it's enough room to give you that natural look without being really wide. And some people love that ultra wide look for YouTube. Um, but at that point, I think you're getting more into the full frame territory because ultra wides on a crop sensor can sometimes quickly get into fisheye looks because they're trying to cover so much in such a small frame. And yes, and I have a funny story for you guys. So I think I was saying this before, but I, I was in a position where I could afford, at the time, uh, to buy all these lenses when I first bought my camera. And it was the dumbest thing I could have done because I bought all these lenses and then pretty much I started realizing as I was filming that I'm not going to use half these lenses because it's not they don't kind of go with my filming style. Um, so one of the lenses that I, I did end up selling, cause you just mentioned fisheye, I had a lens where it was essentially because there's a, a lens that people sometimes use. It's a six Canon 16 to 35. 
Oh, that so, one. So, yeah, there's this lens I had. I think it was like a an 11 to... That already sounds super wide. Yeah, 11 to 25, I think it was, something like that. And I can't remember what the focal length was, but it was really wide. And the problem with a really wide lens like that is, one, it doesn't look very natural. And you might get, like, a warp look, like like a fisheye look. It's not super fisheye, but it's, like, this warped look, and it just does not look right for video. And then the issue with that, too, is that, for me, the issue with that lens was the the actual lens part is like curved so if you drop it oh man it's because the lens sticks out it's so easy to to ruin like to break and the joke is is that i actually bought this lens i was ready to sell it i decided one day i was going to sell it i had it for a year and a half i've never dropped the camera in my life never dropped the lens the day i went to go film sorry the day i went to go sell this lens I was putting my stuff in my car. I dropped the lens right on the pavement. Oh, man. I think I kind of remember this story. Yeah. I was so upset, man. Oh, that, I still sold that it for... That hurts the, just listening yeah. to it. Yeah. I still sold it for what I asked for it, but, man. Wait, how did you sell it if you dropped it? Honestly, because it was like a nick, and I feel like only oh. I would have noticed it. And the So the, lens the actual was, front element was fine. Yeah. But the lens was in immaculate condition before that, but then I pretty much left a dirty nick on it, right? But it, dude knew he was buying a used lens, but it was just brutal. Because I'm just like, oh, man, is this guy going to buy it now? Or is he going to be like, yeah, I got knocked like 200 off now, you know? But he bought it, so we good. Uh, yeah, that could have easily just been the write-off. Yeah, I know, right? All right. I'm going to cover just a fun topic for you guys. Um, I'm... Very confident that most of you listening will not be using cine lenses because I don't use cine lenses. Um, so I want to kind of steer you clear of the trap. Cine lenses by name have this allure and like mystical quality about them. They're like, oh, like if I use a cine lens, maybe my footage will look more cinematic. But that is not true. The reason cine lenses are designed the way they are is because they're designed for working with lots of people and productions that have certain requirements. And if you do not have those requirements, or if you don't work with a team, you're just going to be holding yourself back. Yes, in some cases, they might have a characteristic or two about them that's, oh, they're super sharp, or they're really dreamy, or they've got whatever. But those things do not make up for a reason why you should buy a $10,000 lens. Uh, you're dealing with lenses that are always going to be manual. Doesn't matter what lens you buy. It's all manual. It's designed to be used with a very specific thing called a follow focus. That's an extra purchase you'll need. You're going to have to use that every time you're changing your focus. And it's not designed to be a run and gun situation. You can definitely find ways to make it that way, but you're going to be spending a lot of money doing it. I don't use cine lenses. I rarely do. If I do, it's a rental. It's on one-off projects. I can't justify owning a cine lens because they're very expensive. Your image quality isn't going to suffer. A lot of the a lot of the video lenses being made now are very similar to the image quality you get on a cine lens, especially if we're talking about a lot of the third-party options. 
or even not even the third-party options. I know Canon, for example, simply rehoused their existing glass for one of their Cine lines early on. I know their newer Cine line is um, completely made from the ground up, but a lot of the Cine lenses are simply rehoused photo lenses because what people need in a Cine lens is not necessarily just the optics. They might be a little bit better fractionally, but what they're really looking for is, is it all manual? Is there focus breathing? Is there, there's one more thing, parfocal, if it's a zoom cine lens, that's the one. And if you don't know what any of those things mean, that's a sign you don't need it. Uh, you might need it in certain situations, but I will highly discourage you from buying a cine lens, and I think your bank account will too. You don't need me for that. Um, you're not missing out. What I'm really trying to get at is don't get caught up in the hype of you need a cine lens. Uh, you don't need a cine lens. You can work around any of the limitations you have with your photo lenses that are used for video. Just don't do it. And quick question for you. Actually, he mentioned something earlier about uh, um, a follow focus. So just to give you guys a story here, Aline once did a music video and he had actually called me because he said, yeah, I'm going to be doing the camera work and I need a follow focus person so I actually did a whole separate job where I like literally had this like little remote control and I would control the focus from this control like it was and in crazy. order to like, do that you needed your own monitor that was also wirelessly set up so there's a lot of cost going yeah. in there yeah I was like standing like 20 feet away from where the actual shoot was happening and i'm literally looking on this monitor and looking at like focus peaking and making sure my strict job was literally just to make sure that the shot was in focus it's it's so different when you're on a film set versus like one man one man showing it so yeah and um a question i wanted to ask you i'm not sure if you're gonna know but i feel like you will how do you feel about um like vintage like old vintage prime lenses i know like a lot of people um like some people will be selling like vintage prime lenses on ebay and then if you get an adapter then you could use those vintage lenses on the cameras that we have today and um, from what i've heard like some of these vintage lenses actually look different like they have characteristics to it that lenses these days just sometimes don't have yeah, I, I personally speaking, I love being able to shoot with vintage lenses. To me, it's like that nice in between getting a, a photo lens or a cine lens because they're not that expensive um, as a cine lens would be. They're usually all manual because they weren't autofocus back then. And you get some interesting characteristics out of them. However, I would not recommend it as somebody who's just starting. Uh, because to me, that's falling into the category of specialty lenses again. You want to stay away from that because you're you're not going to be able to use it for everything because sometimes that characteristic might be a unique lens flare, for example, or color fringing, or it's just a very soft, dreamy lens. And you don't want that to be your shot. You, you don't want that to be in your video for every single shot you make. So you want something that's very neutral to begin with, and that way you can design your shots 
from that neutral shot. And then if you wanted to add, add anything in post, you can make it a bit softer. You can add some uh, crazy lens flares or color fringing. But yeah, vintage lenses are great. They're fun. They're a nice way to experiment with your cinematography. But don't do it just because you think it's the way you're going to make your films look better. Uh, you have to be still be intentional about it. In conclusion, guys, I think I think literally when it comes to lenses, um, if someone's telling you you need to go buy this lens, try to ask yourself, okay, what are they filming, and will I be filming that as well? Uh, look at that person's work. Do you value the way they shoot? Do you like the shots that they're actually getting with those lenses? Um, more importantly, guys, I would try to really break down what it is you're going to be filming and go from there if i would personally i'd say if you're doing live events have a solid prime on deck and then have uh, a good zoom lens and that will kind of cover your bases you don't want to be swapping like four different primes my brother actually said he was gonna buy all primes i'm like adrian you shoot weddings you can't be you know swapping primes all day i'm like you're gonna miss a shot you're gonna miss a first kiss you're gonna miss a very important moment so um for me with weddings i like a bit of both a good zoom and a good solid prime so and my solid prime just happens to be the 18 to 35 uh but which technically speaking isn't a prime lens it's just a really small range zoom lens that's really sharp and for fixed focal length just so the yeah. people listening aren't confused yes yeah, sorry you know i should have said that from the beginning but yes the 18 to 35 is not technically a prime lens but yeah it's a very yeah small it, for all intents and purposes it might as well be but it's technically still a zoom yeah but that's my favorite lens guys of all time at this point in time but a 50 millimeter you'll never go wrong with a 50 or a 35 even a 35 i honestly never used the 35 at a wedding but based on what Aline was just saying earlier how it's not too close a 35 would probably be a good option as well um and yeah yeah i think we covered it all in this one so guys let us know what you thought about this episode if you have any particular questions for your own camera setup or you have something in your head where you need a little bit more of a detailed answer for your situation you can hit us up at the camera therapy podcast <laughs> the camera therapy podcast on instagram and we'll help you out thanks for listening thanks for listening guys oh ain't nothing more awkward than the ending <laughs> <laughs> i never know how to end shit man. i think that you like... did a pretty good job with this one Alright guys, so thank you for listening to this episode. Hopefully that gave you guys some closure on this big question that everybody asked. Um Yeah. I hope you guys yeah, I hope I hope we didn't scare you guys. I know we, we came kinda came came kinda hard at certain points, but we're just trying to be real about it and share our perspective. Our perspective may not be the end all be all guys. So go on YouTube. There's a lot of videos on this topic and yeah. Yeah, thank you for joining us on this one. Yeah, take care, guys. Keep creating.